Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to Episode 5 of Countdown to GDPR, a podcast series where, with Jonathan Armstrong from the Quarterly Compliance Firm in London, we take a look at issues around the new General Data Protection Regulation. Countdown to GDPR is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode of Countdown to GDPR with my good friend and colleague, Jonathan Armstrong, partner at Quarterly Compliance in London. Jonathan, today I wanted to lead off with uh, some figures that I saw in a recent uh, Ernst & Young report on global forensic data analytics as uh, uh, perhaps um, presaging our topic. And this was a survey done in late in Q4 2017, which indicated that at the time of the survey, only 33% of the respondents had a plan in place to address GDPR compliance. And unfortunately, on the flip side, uh, almost 39% indicated they were not even familiar with GDPR. Uh, I was, uh, if not dis- shocked, certainly dismayed at these statistics, but it really leads into one of the topics I've been wanting to visit with you about in our Countdown to GDPR series, which is, what is the role of vendors in GDPR compliance? So with that incredibly long-winded introduction, uh, thanks again for taking the time to visit with us. <laughs> My pleasure, and thanks for inviting me, Tom. And I didn't find it long-winded. And I, I, I think I probably would have agreed with those uh, EY statistics when the survey took place. My experience has been that there has been a change in attitude of U.S. corporations in particular this year. So I think GDPR was in the New Year's resolution list for many compliance professionals and that uh, certainly from our perspective, we saw a significant uptick in the questions that we were being asked and the projects that got started on GDPR in January and February this year. I think there is still some huge misunderstanding as well though, about GDPR and what it stands for. Those of you who are going to come along to our session in Houston for GDPR live and I recommend you all to you know saddle up your mules and get there by whichever way you can I'm going to show you a slide which is a pitch that one of our clients had from a vendor who was going to help them with GDPR compliance but they refer to it throughout as GPRD and they say, you know, we, we, we are experts in handling data and GPRD. Um, and um, so there's still, um, the, the difficulty is not only are there corporations out there that are struggling, but there are snake oil salesmen who are trying to prey on them and sell them projects that they don't need and not sell them projects that they do need. So there is definitely a skills gap out there. And obviously, as we get closer to GDPR, that gets all the more worrying. So one of the key indicia of being a FCPA compliance expert is to accurately spell FCPA. Um, <laughs> I've later modified that to uh, 
equally important in becoming a uh, United Kingdom Bribery Act expert is to be able to accurately spell UKBA. So I certainly appreciate uh, the vendor who um, could not spell GPDR. Um, that may indicate a level of uh, uh, l- below a level of expertise. Nevertheless, Jonathan, it points up two two key elements around vendors in GDPR. One is vendors. Uh, if you look at it sort of upward, who can help you in your GDPR GDPR compliance? But also, if I'm a Tom Fox Oil and Gas Company here in Houston with uh, literally worldwide operations, what is my liability for my vendors in the United Kingdom, in the EU, or in countries going to be subject to uh, GDPR, what sort of um, risk assessment and or risk management should I do with my direct uh, contracting vendors and perhaps those further down the contracting line? Yeah, another great question. I think that the... um, the, the the critical thing in any arrangement like that is to establish who is the data controller and who is the data processor. Now, under the old rules, data controllers were liable, data processors weren't. And usually, the data controller was the corporation that was commissioning the thing, and the data processor was the vendor. Now, obviously, in these days of cloud computing and software as a service and all of these new models, those lines blur. So if you look at things like travel management, which a lot of major corporations outsource, then you could have a more complex arrangement. But as a very general rule, the corporation remains liable for everything that it does, even if it uses a vendor to process data on its behalf or to manage part of the service. So if that, um, and, and by the way, let's all invest stock in that now, if the Tom Fox Oil and Gas Corporation decides to send its executives on Delta and book it through a travel management system, then Tom Fox Oil and Gas is responsible, um, TMOG, we'll call it for, for the sake of argument, TMOG is responsible, uh, not Delta, for the data of TMOG employees when they go off to uh, Azerbaijan to develop the new field. So uh, Delta will possibly have some liability uh, because uh, even though they're a data processor, they've got obligations and they also are subject to inspection. But the regulator's mostly going to come knocking at TMOG's door. And even if TMOG's just a U.S. corporation, if it's employing people in the EU to do its many and varied activities, then it's likely to be liable for those uh, for, the, for the data of those employees. So when you're bringing vendors on board, you need to go through a proper process to do, do due diligence on them. And there's some warning signs to start off with. We've done some checklists for some clients that have said, if a vendor says, I understand all about GDPR, and then talks to you about PII, um, show them the door. PII isn't the same as personal data. If they say things like, of course, we're not going to be liable for any of this, show them the door. If they say you can't have any audit rights, show them the door. If they say we will not commit to telling you about data breaches within 72 hours, show them the door. There, there, are, there are various minimum requirements that a vendor has to meet under GDPR, and if they don't, find somebody else. 
And once you've gone through that due diligence and, you know, you could do that with a checklist-based approach once they pass that initial threshold test, you'll obviously then need to embody what they're doing in an agreement with them that is GDPR compliant. And again, there are minimum terms and conditions that that agreement will have to have. And you'll also need to look for some sort of attestation about what they're doing, particularly if they're a cloud vendor, for example, they'll need to get precise with you about where that data is going to be hosted, where the, uh, you know, are there um, ISO 27000 certificates in place for the data centers, et cetera, et cetera. So you'll want to drill down into more detail. We talked earlier uh, in this series about DPIAs. Of course, they're a good part of the vendor onboarding process as well, because if you've highlighted risk in your DPIA, then you can ask your vendors specifically to talk to that risk and how they're going to reduce it for you. Jonathan, one of the things on the minds of many U.S. corporations is the the potential liability that a vendor can bring uh, through or from a data breach. Does GDPR uh, address that issue, the data breach, as opposed to data privacy in any way? Yes, it does. Yes. So um, so a vendor obviously has to keep, um, keep data secure that you trust it with. Uh, there are quite a lot of provisions in GDPR about things like the uh, vendors rendering assistance and reporting breaches to regulators. Regulators can ask questions directly of uh, vendors if they're fulfilling the role of data processor or obviously if their data controller is in their own right, which could happen with things like cloud or travel management or HR systems or recruitment systems, et cetera, et cetera. So regulators can ask direct questions to vendors in many cases. They can also ask the data controller to uh, ask the vendor. I think we will see circumstances in which there could even be threatened actions against vendors direct. And one of the things that you have to look out for is making sure that your agreement with your vendor gives them sufficient skin in the game. So even if the uh, Tom Fox Oil and Gas Corporation is quite a small entity, it is subject potentially to a fine of 20 million euros. It would be very hard to argue that a contractual cap on liability at a year's revenue of, say, $2,500 was an adequate way of addressing the risk And that's where there is quite often difficulty in GDPR negotiations because the vendor says, well, I'm only getting $2,500 worth of revenue from you, Tom. That's what I'm going to cap at. And you have to say, well, my liability is 20 million euros, so you've got to come up. And I think that we're going to see as a result caps being removed by many vendors are certainly the level of the cap increasing to a more realistic attribution of risk. And then insurance, I think, will come into play as well. So it might be that that contractual gap will be bridged by putting an agreement uh, in place to insure the risk. And then obviously there's, there's a discussion about who's going to pay the premium. But it's important that vendors do have skin in the game 
Firstly, because you need them to comply to reduce your risk. And secondly, you need them to put their money where their mouth is if they make mistakes. So I've been visiting with Jonathan Armstrong, partner at Quartery in uh, London, on our countdown to GDPR. Today, we've taken a look at uh, the potential liabilities and risk of utilizing third parties or vendors under GDPR and what you might be able to do to help uh, manage and ameliorate that risk. Uh, Quartery Compliance has a fabulous uh resource around all things GDPR, and I would uh, strongly urge you to take a look at their GDPR Navigator, which is on their firm's website. We're going to link to that in the show notes. So, Jonathan, uh, once again, thank you, and I look forward to uh, continuing the countdown on our next episode. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Countdown to GDPR. If you have enjoyed this episode and listened to it on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate our podcast as it would help in our rankings and help get the word out about the only compliance-related podcast dealing with GDPR. Also, if you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. You can email Jonathan at jonathan.armstrong at quarterycompliance.com. Thanks again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join us again for another episode of Countdown to GDPR. Countdown to GDPR is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.